I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Mark Sexton, a Principal Consultant at security and privacy consulting firm Clearwater Compliance, about top medical device cybersecurity issues he sees healthcare clients dealing with and his suggestions. So, Mark, when you work with healthcare clients, what are the top issues that they're dealing with when it comes to securing the medical devices? There's a number of them. Probably the biggest issue for a majority of the people I've worked with is they really don't know what they have. Historically speaking, medical devices have been around for a while. PAC systems and EMRs and other systems have been in place for quite a while. And it's these the Internet of Medical Things that has really caused an explosion of medical devices in healthcare. And what's happened historically is either clinical departments or biomedical groups have have been responsible for purchasing and installing and maintaining these devices. And IT and information security in particular really had no insight, no knowledge, and often was completely unaware (laughs) that these things were uh, operating on the network. So the biggest issue I stumble across with people and trying to figure out where do we start is you start with an accurate inventory of what you have. And there's a number of ways to go about doing that. There's sort of the old-fashioned, we're going to walk room to room through the hospital and physically inventory every device we find. There are also firms coming into this space that help identify devices on the network. We have a partnership, Clearwater does, with CyberMDX, and they provide network scanning and fingerprinting of devices. They build a, a vulnerability list and are able to generate a report saying we found this many of this type of device, here are the known vulnerabilities for them, and here are some recommended uh, remediation strategies that may help secure those devices. And then from that point, it's really up to the provider, the hospital, or whoever to decide how to implement that. It has to work within their environment. It has to work within their clinical workflows. People have you know, said that security is uh, the idea of adding inconvenience by design. Physicians don't like their workflows impeded. So there's got to be a way to integrate device security without affecting clinical care workflow. That's a real dilemma for a lot of people and a tough one to crack. So now, Mark, there's been a push over the last few years by the Food and Drug Administration for medical device makers to design their products with security in mind and to take specific steps in addressing the life cycle cybersecurity issues with these devices. What are you seeing? Has there been much progress with medical device makers in terms of addressing cybersecurity issues with newer products? And what about the legacy devices? I think right now there is an aversion almost uh, by many healthcare providers to to patching, and there are a number of reasons for this. First, uh, the FDA has has sort of modified its position about the patching of of devices now at at both pre-market and post-market. And and in post-market, for those systems that are installed, while the FDA may say it's okay to, for example, to patch the operating system, you may have a contract for support with that medical device provider that will be voided if you do anything. So there's some conflict internally and some tension going on there between the the device vendors and the uh, healthcare providers themselves. There's also the widespread perception that everything is FDA certified and therefore cannot be patched except by the vendor themselves and it has to go through a recertification process. That's not completely true either, but there's a lot of uh, confusion and misunderstanding around that. And then lastly, I think a lot of healthcare providers simply don't want to accept the responsibility and the liability of patching a, a critical medical device. Uh, they'd rather somebody else absorb that risk if they can make that happen. And 
So with all of those things going on at once, it's, it's been slow. There's a recognition that there's a need to act, but there's a lack of understanding about what to do and even more importantly, how to go about doing it. You mentioned patching. What about keeping up with mitigations for known vulnerabilities that independent security researchers identify and get disclosed to the public by the vendors, or sometimes it's by the Department of Homeland Security or the FDA? How difficult of a task is it for most healthcare organizations to keep up with these disclosures and to actually implement whatever mitigation steps are needed? I think it's difficult for all of them, but it's particularly difficult for the smaller providers. They suffer from a lack of uh, expertise and staffing and resources, and so they feel like they uh, are really taking on additional risk by doing it themselves. Larger organizations, bigger providers that have biomedical engineering groups or clinical engineering groups and that have people who have extensive expertise in managing medical devices are are much more comfortable in, in handling that. But even in, even in large organizations, there's a reluctance to, to go forward with patching simply because this perception that, you know, you break it, you own it. And if somebody were to have an a adverse outcome or, or something from a patient safety or outcome standpoint, that would be bad from a patient safety standpoint, bad from PR standpoint, and bad from just about every other perspective. So I think people are a little bit afraid to take this on simply because there's a lot of misunderstanding throughout the whole medical device field in terms of what can you do and what can't you do and what's allowed and what isn't allowed. So now, Mark, does there seem to be a certain common area of security that is lacking in medical devices or are prone to be where the vulnerabilities are generally found? For instance, are there access control issues that are generally weak, other issues that are of concern? Actually, all of those and more. Access and identity management is an issue for clinical devices, medical devices, because a number of them cannot be integrated into normal technical controls, such as Active Directory uh, and other tools that you use on your network to to manage users and access and to monitor that activity. Uh, Also, many devices are running legacy operating systems. I was just reading a study by Forescout that was saying that by the end of this year, when uh, Windows 7 goes out of support, that over 70% of medical devices will be running on an unsupported operating system. That makes any network administrator or security person's hair stand up on their neck because those are all vulnerabilities. Those are all low-hanging fruit from a uh, security perspective. Maybe you could patch one or two of them if the vendor uh, has uh, approved patches for them, but what do you do for the rest? And what are the true risks involved there? At the end of the day, The whole idea about securing medical devices is really patient safety. You can't lose that message uh, while you're you're wandering around the IT and security wilderness trying to figure out how to secure them. And also physicians, as I said, don't like change and see security as an obstacle to care in many instances. And from a business or from a clinical standpoint, you have the conflict between availability and confidentiality. Physicians lean toward the availability side and compliance and security people are on the confidentiality side. But at the end of the day, care trumps confidentiality. Do you treat somebody or do you worry about protecting their data? You're going to treat them first. So th- there's a lot of internal conflicts with this, and there's no, there's no simple answer. But the biggest one is start with a solid inventory of what you have in terms of devices and then further categorize that into those that are networked versus those that are, are standalone or fixed modality. And then 
look at what type of network requirements there are for it. Is it a wireless device, a wired device? And then from there, you can say, okay, given that these are the characteristics of the device when it's operating, what types of controls can I apply to help secure it? You may not be able to apply controls directly to the device, but you can wrap the device in a compensating control, such as publishing a device through a Citrix instance where you're essentially controlling it as a remote access mode. There are a number of strategies to do this, uh, combined with some other strategies like network isolation and VLANs that help protect medical devices. And finally, Mark, what cyber threats are most disturbing to you in terms of medical devices and their inability right now, perhaps, to be able to defend against those sorts of threats? The biggest issue probably going forward is all of the legacy systems and the legacy operating systems. I think based on FDA uh, advice and guidance, the device manufacturers have gotten the message and have started thinking about encryption and security and, and being able to update and patch these systems and devices. So I think looking to the future, it looks better. But the problem is there's such a huge installed base of medical devices, and there are thousands and thousands of them in a hospital. And identifying every one of them, identifying the risk and vulnerabilities and threats that that device poses to both the enterprise and to patient safety is a big task. And there's the old saying, you eat the elephant one bite at a time, and with identifying and managing and securing medical devices, that's the way it is. There's no way you can tackle this in one big swoop. I don't think anybody has enough money, time, staff, and expertise to do that. But as OCR and HHS often recommend, have a plan, have plan metrics, have milestones that you are achieving, and document those, and keep moving. There's no shortcuts and there's no silver bullet to solving this problem. It's going to be a lot of detective work and then some creative thinking about how we can protect devices without actually changing the device themselves and therefore potentially affecting patient outcomes and safety. Thanks, Mark. I've been speaking to Mark Sexton. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.